Hello, everyone. It's Andy Awkward, or Andy Peters. Uh, this is a new podcast called Search for Tomorrow. And so what this podcast is going to be is basically I'm going to highlight some of the Canadian Magic players that you haven't heard about yet, whether that's because they're new to the scene or if uh, maybe there's some other reason, like they just play on Magic Online and maybe you haven't seen them at a paper event. And with uh, COVID, that kind of thing is pretty prevalent, I would say. There's a lot of Magic players that are very good that a lot of people don't know about. And so for the first guest, I decided to bring on uh, a prolific Magic Online grinder, House of Mana, or uh, Jack Potter, who is actually from uh, the GTA, right? Is that right, Jack? Uh, no, I'm uh, south southwestern Ontario. I'm over in London. London, okay. That's the GTA over here to me. <laughs> okay. All right. So... Uh, I guess the first thing is, why don't you uh, tell me a bit about yourself? Why don't you explain uh, who you are to people? Let's say you were trying to get on a pro tour testing team. Yeah, for said, sure. Who's Jack Potter? Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm Jack. Uh, I've been playing Magic since Rise of Eldrazi, so that would be about almost 12 years ago. Um, yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, I've been uh, playing competitive Magic for the last serious since uh the start of 2019 uh i've been grinding moto uh i i, I started just actually just playing on magic online uh back also in 2019 but i didn't really get uh really immersed into it uh until the pandemic hit since that was like, like beforehand um all the uh paper things were so uh happening as such i was uh pretty active in the ontario like uh paper scene. I wasn't very good, though. I never really put up many results, uh, except for maybe like one top eight at a Chimera gaming uh, 5k, or maybe it was a 3k. I don't remember uh, what that series was uh, over in Kitchener, but that was really kind of how I got my start into competitive magic, and then once the pandemic hit, of course, like a lot of things changed. I just like, started playing more magic online, and Throughout 2020, I never really had any results, but once 2021 started, a lot of things happened that year, and it's been my best year of Magic by far. I remember I had uh, a lot of success in the Season 2 of the Magic Online uh, Championship uh, season. I had a PTQ Top 8, which I ended up throwing the uh, Top 4 of, which was a miserable experience. It was a, it was a a memory that I still have not uh, managed to uh, eradicate from my head. But uh, so there was that. I uh, top baited the uh, modern showcase at the start of season two. This was the last modern uh, like last modern showcase pre MH two. So there was like it, it was in that weird spot of modern like post Euroban. Uh, where Blue Air Prowess and Heliod was just all all over the place. Uh, I did that with Amulet. I also talked about the uh, PTQ with Amulet. Um, I should probably preface the fact that uh, at heart, I'm an Amulet one trick. I've a, a majority of my success on Magic Online has been with Amulet, and it's just been my go-to for the last few years. And so, yeah, um, I played in the Modern Showcase Qualifier a couple months later. I lost in the top four. That's really ill. Uh, but the interesting thing about this season was, was that, uh, this was the first season that they had, uh, brought back the 
what was it? Sorry, the uh, Mox leaderboard. So the top two uh, points leaders on there would qualify for the Mox. And so what ended up happening was, is after the Mox qualifier, getting in top four, I gained 10 points in, in addition to what I had already, which put me from dead in the race to very, very active. And so in the coming weeks, you know, the uh, events started happening. Um, and for the most part, the two spots were locked up by uh, Sam Rolf uh, and Nathan Stoyer. And what ended up happening was, was uh, Sam Rolf actually won the legacy qualifier, which opened up that second second slot. So Nate was locked. He he was not getting jumped, but there was a lot of a lot of fighting for that second spot. And so, uh, in the coming weeks, I had really put a lot of effort learning MH2 Limited since that was the format for the Mox Open uh, that month. And so, I am just playing prelims every like almost every single day. I am le- trying to learn so much about this format. And I remember the, mo- the Mox Open weekend comes, weekend one, uh, I'm sorry, uh, bullet one. My pool was like pretty good, but I ended up one to dropping, it was rough. But uh, uh, thankfully, not a single person in the race managed to top it that open. So nothing had changed going into Sunday. Sunday comes along. I remember, and I remember saying this to, all my friends, and this is like uh, a quote that uh, people n- never seem to forget, and that is, uh, damn, on my last bullet, I opened the worst pool possible. And it turns out the pool was far from the worst pool I've ever opened. And in fact, it was probably the best pool I, I had opened all season. Uh, and I end up breakering into the top eight alongside Sanderson, who was the other person uh live in the race at the time and so we are we, we did the draft and we both advanced into into semifinals and what ends up having semifinals is Tommy loses and I advanced to the finals so we are then in the scenario of well in order for both of us to qualify for the mocks I have to win the mocks open and then Tommy gets in with uh second place I lose the finals to Marcelo Ayameda, uh, Mazinalita on Magic Online, which unfortunately that knocked out Tommy, but he was good next season. He, he ended up yeah, queuing for the Mox next season. But that's what hit me, and that's when I had qualified for the Mox. And uh, as well as my, my, my first Pro Tour as well, which was surreal. Yeah, so that must have been like a pretty great feeling once you get to that finals. You're locked either way, right? Yeah, when, uh, when I had gone to the finals, I remember just thinking, like, wait, the result of this just doesn't matter. I am locked. I, or I, and I remember, like, reading the Discord messages afterwards, and actually, like, it was like, I didn't even need to win the semifinals. Once uh, Tommy had lost, that was it. Wow. And, uh, when the event finished, I just remember just falling over and the whole thing did not feel real at all. I was yeah, the, like, I, I, first, uh, I sorry. Go ahead. I remember just like my hands just like went like completely numb, and I'm just like, for a second, I, I just like just could not believe it. And then I just remember just like my uh, 
my mom was uh sitting or no, not sitting, but she was uh sitting outside my door, and I just remember just screaming, "Holy shit! I just fucking did it! <laughs> I did it!" And uh, wow, I it's been what nine months? Little less than that. It was uh August 29th was when that happened. So like eight eight or so months, yeah. And yes. yeah, uh, it still does not feel real that I uh, I managed to do all that. Did you ever think like qualifying for the mocks through the leaderboard is something that you would even try no. to do? No, not at all. I remember them announcing the leaderboard, thinking, "Oh, that's really cool," and uh, and, and, and like a lot of grinders, like I, I remember. So like when they initially had announced the leaderboard, they were going to make it so challenge shot baits would uh, apply to that, which God, thank God they got rid of that. That would have been an absolute mess. Uh, I would have consider myself degenerate considering how many popper challenges I've played. Too many. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I would definitely say though that um, that leaderboard would have become super, super degenerate. And every season now, it's just been an absolute like just such an amazing thing to watch. And when it happened during my season, I just like remember uh Sandy Dog, uh Brandon Burton, he was always like trying to get me to play all these events. Uh and at one point I remember getting super stressed out about it and getting super, super burnt out because I was playing every single event that I could that would give box points. And this was um after I'd uh, gotten my second top eight of the year, which was the Modern Showcase Challenge. And at that point, I was just getting really burnt out. And I just could not, for life of me, do well on any events. I would maybe top eight, I would top eight like a couple of challenges. I went on a massive tear in Popper uh, back in May, I believe, or maybe it was April, I don't remember. Uh, but I remember just like, I just could not, for life of me, get a copy in any premier event and so once the mox qualifier came around uh and which of course i played amulet i just remember just i could not lose a game i five of the swiss i did not drop a game in the swiss until round five where i where i had already been locked but i was uh playing to try to knock out azalto yellow uh in and try and get them out of top eight because they were also in uh, in the uh, mox race. So I was trying to maybe see if I could, you know, beat them and hopefully the breakers would be enough to get into top eight. And uh, it ended up being that they ended up getting in, but losing in quarters. But um, yeah, I, I just remember like I was just on fire for that tournament. I was playing ridiculously well. And then of course I paired into Will Edel. Uh, where uh, I was uh, Amulet versus Murtide, and I just got completely rolled in that event. But I just remember, like, throughout the entire, I like at one point between the challenge, the Shookus challenge, and the Shookus qualifier, I just said to myself, "Stop caring about these events. Wait for this mock qualifier to happen, and if you do well in it." then we go for it. And if not, then it's not the end of the world. And then, well, of course, like, 
the event gave me a bunch of points. So I was like, well, I mean, I have to play this, right? It was just like, I'm going to, I have to play these opens. And here so, we are. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, so is that like your big breakout, I assume? Is that like the first thing that you really felt like put you on the map at all? 1,000%. Before uh, that, like uh, describe other than like the Chimera 5K or 3K, did you been top any challenges and stuff like that? uh like i said a little bit earlier uh i went on this massive streak in popper for a little bit where i like top aided like four challenges in a row ended up uh splitting the finals of uh i believe one top fouring another one and then winning uh another uh and then also top baiting another one um and i just couldn't lose in that format for a little bit uh i had racked up a little bit with that but popper only goes so far right and so um but aside from that i never really had much of like a name on magical line outside of really uh, outside of really like the end of the community uh for majority of 2020 and 2021 i started a podcast called titan talk which was a podcast uh based around uh any titan of course and that was with uh, Francisco Palujak and uh, Jose Muniz. Uh, we ran that for a while. Uh, Fran ended up uh, coming off, and we uh, ha- uh, sought him off with uh, Nicholas Bruno, Pump and Wine. And uh, since then, the um, I left, and the podcast has just been on, I guess, hiatus ever since. But uh, I remember just like getting really, really active in that community and but also felt kind of surreal to me because I had like met like a lot of people through that. Uh, I remember like before the pandemic and back when I was like, so just like being, you know, like a paper Timmy. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us, like we watched the uh, SCG tour, right? And um, I remember like, one of the people who inspired me a lot when it came to magic was Dom Harvey. And now I work with him on a, on a regular basis. We tested together for the mocks qualifier for the mocks as well. Uh, I've met him now at uh, multiple events. I'm going to see him of course at the pace open uh, tomorrow. Uh, and to, to go from, you know, like idolizing someone and like look in like really like looking up to someone and then, t- and, and then going like a year and a half later and like working with them and talking to them on almost a daily basis, it's just surreal. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Like you went from uh, like looking up to someone to becoming one of their peers and that kind of validation can do a lot for like how you feel like your place in the game is. For sure. And I know personally, it's like one of the things that I maybe selfishly strived for the most was just some validation is like i almost cared that people thought i was good more than i cared if i was good and i think uh a healthy balance is really important but sometimes it's just i think it's okay to just let yourself know that you're you're a part of this group and you're you're with them right you're not necessarily they're not steps and steps above you for sure at the very least it's not unattainable yeah and i would always say a big part of that of like getting like validation or whatever for, for, I mean, personally or like uh m- maybe like not so much like humbling myself i'm not really sure how to put it but was uh 
started to network with all these other grinders in like, for, for example, the uh, youth grinders uh, discord, uh, as well as uh, uh, the hive mind or uh, Sasha boomer v zoomer, um, as well as just uh, my other uh, 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 tour with, with all my teammates. Um, it's like being able to work with like these most just like spectacular players constantly. It's a very rewarding feeling. Uh, like there's so many grinders out there now who just win so much on, and namely Zoomer grinders who just cannot stop losing. Uh, two uh, that I, I want to shout out, of course, Nathan Stoyer is uh, like number one. I mean, uh, most recent Mox champion uh, played all three mocks in 2021, which was uh, now, of course, like th this is a newer system and it's only been around for now. This is year number three, but qualifying for three mocks in a row and then, of course, winning the through one is just an, an astounding feat. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I also uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Julian uh, Jakubovic or, uh, yeah, he, uh, he just been on absolute tear lately. Probably, I would say, one of the best Magic players on Magic Line right now, and it's not particularly close. Yeah, so I guess I'll talk about one of the reasons I started this podcast in particular. Is it started on the the First Strike podcast? I was trying to explain to uh, KYT Card and Tom, like how great these like Zoomer players that people don't know about are and like people are just in for a rude awakening when they start going to paper events and start winning all the paper events and i think uh i really thought it would highlight at this face-to-face -face, uh tour event with like the zoomers were able to to make it out to this event as i really thought this would be like a rude awakening for the players who like didn't play that much who were like very good back then like gp winners before covid like platinum pros before covid i think What's going to happen is some of these Zoomers are going to kind of come in and whoop, whoop their ass. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's just a, a combination of the, the amount they play, and there's just a lot of the time when they have the right mindset, and this goes with anyone, is they're just so willing to learn. And, like, especially when you get in, like, a big group full of, like, a ton of good Magic players. Like, for example, uh, Boomers versus Zoomers Discord, which has been, like, a massive – plus for, for me as well in Magic, is you just have to be humble because you have to understand that there's 50 people in this Discord who are probably better than you. Yeah. And there's 100, 200 that are just as good as you. Yeah. And so you really have to like keep yourself open. And when you get into like good discussions and stuff like that in a community like that, I think it fosters growth much better than you would. Like Let's say your growth path involved just playing at your LGS. What are the odds of a player being better than you at your LGS? A lot of the time, it's not that high for, yeah. for someone who's like a good moto grinder. And even if it is, there's maybe one or two, and maybe they already have someone they work with and don't really feel that they want to work with you, for example, mm -hmm. or maybe vice versa. And I think it just shows you that like COVID has really pushed these online communities to function at like such a, a better rate. And I think a thing that you guys are benefiting from the zoomers in particular and anyone new to magic through the pandemic uh, to competitive magic is that i think a lot of the time uh local game stores 
while being a great thing and a great resource for fun and stuff can really stunt growth because mm -hmm. a lot of the time you might end up being like the big fish in the little pond and you're just going to 30405 your FNM every single week and you're going to struggle to learn and i think that's even something that happens in magic online leagues right now it's just a lot of struggling to learn and i've found uh the best way for me to learn is to just keep discussions open with players and my peers who that's whose opinion i respect and i think uh anyone new to magic now that's sort of been their only option so they just kind of have a leg up because they didn't go through like the lgs path of trying to uh get good so to speak yeah for sure i mean uh with me personally uh i was very fortunate to grow up in london and especially like the uh london magic community here uh historically uh, in ontario london has always had a lot of really really strong players uh like uh sean bywell i remember uh he's i i i'm not like 1000 sure but i believe he's originally from london uh and i remember just like him doing very well uh michael van balls another name uh i, I i've uh gone to events with Mike a bunch. Uh, I went I actually went to my first GP with him. Uh and uh like growing growing up in a in a city like London and growing up around a lot of these players uh it was definitely like a very very great experience. It was a great learning experience. But like you said that can only go so far. Uh and it took me a while really to like find an area like just like in London alone because while we have uh, like a strong uh like player base here uh it significant significantly drops off and uh it took me a while to really find that spot here in London and then when, and then of course once COVID hit uh and things just like kind of took a turn uh just like being able to like while everyone else here and and, just like, and of course like everyone else in Ontario it's just you know now just taking time off for magic or whatever I'm not doing anything uh in, in 2020 I just graduated high school and like well I'm not doing anything I might as well like you know give this whole magic thing uh a shot for full-time things and I just never really stopped uh I like for the most part of 2021 I was living on magic online uh, now, of course, me being 19 at the time, I didn't exactly have a whole lot of, a whole lot of uh, expenses, of course. But like, I with that, I 100% of my income, minus like the two months or so where I ended up moving away and uh, working for a little bit, uh, my income was 100% magic, and a lot of that just has taught me so much. And there's still so much I have to learn too. Like, as much as, as much as I can say, yeah, I'm a good Magic player. There's so much I have to work on, and that's part of the, the things I just love about Magic is that there's just when you think that you've learned everything, is immediately the point where you become a worse Magic player. And just constantly, I'm just trying to figure out how I can uh, better myself. How I can uh, like like talking to peers, like seeing like what, what I can improve on. Uh, of course, 
my number one issue probably is the fact that I'm electric. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the things I've wanted to work on for a while. And uh, I would definitely say that my range is, has expanded a lot for the most part. Uh, but it's still definitely struggling a little bit. But uh, yeah, there's so much to learn in this game. And now with uh, this whole new season uh, and new structure for Magic uh, coming around and with regionals coming around, there's so much for grinding to do and there's so much more to, to be learning. And I'm just really excited for what this year has to offer. Yeah, let's uh, let's cut into the, the regional thing. So like now the whole oh, Magic OP system has changed back to sort of similar to PPTQs, but with a cooler end game, I think. Yeah. And uh, we have this weekend, we have a face-to-face -to -face tour in Toronto. And I know I had already signed up for it before I even knew for the fact that the top 32 of this event is going to give invites to the regional championship. Yeah. And it's uh, just, it just puts a lot like on the line. It's like the first magic tournament back in the GTA in a while that uh, faces run. And there's like a pretty good amount on the line. And uh, so I know I'm going to that event and uh, you are as well now. Yeah. Uh, I take, I take it. You're going to be playing an uh, amulet if you call yourself a one trick. Yeah. I will. I will. When Thousand Runs let me playing Amulet, uh, I maybe could have like outsourced something else if I had registered earlier. Uh, there were a couple of circumstances where uh, I was actually not registered for this main event until a few, as of a few hours ago. Uh, the and I had to cap the course, and I just all of a sudden found up slots had opened up, and they got one signed up, and uh, I am now ready to never to play this event. I've played like my fair share of events in Ontario uh I guess during the pandemic uh like I played like and then over at Harry T I played a uh, legacy 1k over at Chimera uh but like of course now this is the first big event that we're, we're getting here and I'm just glad that we have competitive magic back on Ontario and I am honestly really glad that it's in this way because back when the old PDTQ structure was around, I wasn't very good. Uh, and, and of course me being pretty young at the time, I was around 16, 17 years old. Uh, I didn't really get to do a whole lot outside of London. Uh, when it came to traveling for events, it was always like the Chimera uh, series going on for 2019 and as well as like a couple mcqs in toronto uh and so a lot of that just like like i was like a fine player or below fine honestly uh and now knowing where i am now and feeling like i have an actual shot at you know potentially even winning these events uh is awesome and more than anything, my goal for this weekend is just to keep regionals. If I can do better than that, top eight, or even win the event, that's awesome. But my goal for this weekend is to keep regionals. And uh, as to my knowledge, X2 will lock that in. Uh, yeah, X2 should lock it in, yes. Yeah. So uh, that's the goal, X2. And uh, if Adding more for that, awesome. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for for myself. I uh, so I don't live in the GTA. I live a, a couple hours away, and I haven't seen so many of the of my friends in a couple of years. Like uh, two of the players you mentioned, Sean Dollywall and Michael Van Balls. Like we tested for the, the last two paper pro tours together. Yeah, and it's just going to be so nice and so wonderful to to see my friends again. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I was just curious, because I think one time I had someone not know who KYT was for Magic, and I thought that blew my mind, because in my mind, KYT is the most important person in Canadian Magic history. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to know, when you think of Canadian Magic, who are like the big names to you? Uh, Canadian Magic names to me. So uh, Alexander Hing, not close. Uh I feel like for a while, for a big part uh, for of Canadian Magic, I feel like Hain really put us on the map. Hain's uh, probably the best Canadian player ever. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, thank you, names in the GTA. Uh, as of right now, Dollywall, of course. Uh, D-Rude, uh, you know, uh, uh, personal champion uh, back in the day. Uh Isaac Crew, I feel like, is someone who, like, was just, like, started to do really well. I remember he won GP New Jersey at the start of 2020. Uh, yeah, so he's another uh, phenomenal Magic player. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, of course, uh, Michael Van Balls, for sure. Uh, trying to think over in, like, KW regions because there's a lot of strong players over there too. Um, uh, TJ Gabriel for sure. Uh, he made, I mean, for the most part, TJ is, is it's just like a massive part of Ontario Magic as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like off the top of my head, those are like a, a lot of people who, who I would consider like, uh, or like I guess like more so like people who, like people who like. People who it could just matter like, most to you. Yeah. That's fine. Or, yeah. Well, I, I also just like kind of just like like no, like on the top of the head, but like probably one person who I think is really going to put Canada on the map uh, going forward is uh, Johnny Gunman. Uh, he just recently uh, top for the Pro Tour and is key for Worlds this year. Uh, I remember meeting Ginky. Uh, that's his uh, his handle on uh, Arena, I guess. Uh, but um, I think Ginky has a lot of a like. Just, he, he has so much ahead of him, and I think he's gonna do a lot of great things uh, in Magic. I mean, he already has. But I think him playing at Worlds this year. It's really, really going to showcase Canada, and I'm really excited to see how he does and like, like what else he has in store uh, in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he might be spoiling a future episode, but it'd be <laughs> a pretty big shame to not uh, to bring Ginky on the podcast. He's uh, he's an incredible player, and when you talk to him, you just you can just understand that he's going to be extremely good. Yeah, for sure. And just yeah. He's a very good player, and I, I look forward to, to talking to him at some point. Yeah. So I guess uh, right now I just want to plug our wonderful sponsor, uh, face-to-facegames.com. 
so they're the ones who are currently running all of the the events, the regional championships and stuff like that. So if you have an LGS that wants to run one of these events, they're the people you have to go to. You can buy the kits for if you're a smaller store for like a one slot invite. You can buy kits for four slots or if you want to scale in some other way, they're open to having conversations about that as well. So like if you're listening to this and you have a local store who's not running these events, you should get them on running these events. This is exactly the kind of stuff that fosters like local competitive magic. And if you want to order your cards, you can order them at face-to-facegames.com right now. They currently have a sale. Or it's not necessarily a sale, but it's like a giveaway. If you spend $35, you get entered into a giveaway, which can include anything from like $1,000 to like a pro promotional pack or packs or whatever and store credit and stuff. So if you wanted to get some cards, I do recommend you go over there. It'd be a great way to support the cast. And also they're just obviously the top dog in Canada right now. All right. So I think we basically discussed uh, everything I was looking to talk about. I think we got a good idea for like who you are and why people should know who you are. And I think we got a good idea for like your kind of mindset. People learned a little bit about you like how you kind of blew up on the scene. But the thing is that I find bizarre is because like I'm from magic online mostly is that to me, people should know who you are, but most people aren't going to know who you are at this event. (laughs) And that to me is just uh, like a wild experience. How separated the two are because of the pandemic. Yeah. But I think uh, people are a lot of in for a rude awakening with uh, Jack Potter at the face-to-face event this weekend. And so you're playing amulet. Yeah. You got that all stacked up and ready to go. Any spice or anything interesting with your deck list that you want to share so people can uh, meditate? Um, hmm, I mean, I did just think of a really, really way to uh, phrase it, but uh, probably not something I want people to be uh, aware of. But um, okay, okay. we can just say that there is a, uh, a beast within me, you could say. Okay, okay, okay. Is there any uh, shout-outs you want to give... Uh, to maybe some people have really helped you that you For sure. mentioned. Um, of course, the London Magic community, uh, namely uh, a, um, a lot of the folks uh, at the Mana Lounge, uh, as well as Players, Cards, and Collectibles, uh, they have been a massive part in a lot of my uh, growth here in London. So, uh, and of course, uh, just like uh, a couple of individuals here in London, uh, Katie Clark, uh, Julian Donovan uh, Penchot, uh, Kai Allen, Ken Froats, uh, Jesse Burden, um, who else? Uh, Eric Uzeri, um, who else am I thinking of? Um, there's like so many other, other people who, who I want to like uh, mention, but I'm just like brain farting right now. Um, but just in general, just the London Magic community isn't awesome community and i am so so grateful uh to have been a part of uh, all of it uh oh um two more uh in Marhoff and uh owen turcott as well uh and of course michael benvalls i can't fucking uh preach his name enough yeah benvalls is a great guy he's yeah. a strange fella in some ways but he's our <laughs> strange fella Exactly. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me, Jack. And uh, I look forward to you proving me right by doing well at the event. So if there wasn't enough pressure with the regional championship invite on the line, you got to prove me right.
I will try. I will try my very best. All right. Thanks a lot.